Open your Bibles this morning. 2 Timothy chapter number 1. Good to be in the house of the Lord. We have any visitors today. I don't get to do this very often, so you'll make my day right here. Any visitors today, if you're here for the first time, we won't, we won't embarrass you, but we got a card for you back there. If you just raise your hand, one of our ushers will come bring you a card, keep the pen, and uh, we would just love to have a record of you being here. Would there be one anywhere? Just stick your hand up. Our ushers looking around. We've got a couple over there on the right, John. I've been getting Josh. I've been giving them a card, though. We're oh. to have. All right, wonderful. How'd you beat me to it? Well, one I time I get to do this, you <laughs> already beat me to it. Look at it. Uh, you did. You got me. First Timothy chapter number one, or I mean Second Timothy. Excuse me. You pray for me. We're going to be in Timothy. You'll find it there. But Second uh, Timothy chapter number one. I'm going to start reading at verse one. I'm going to read down through verse six. And uh, you pray for us this morning. I need God's touch. I want to help you. And uh, just, uh, I, I, need to, I need to help the Lord. I believe this message will help us today. But the Bible says this, Paul writing, he says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord, I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in prayers, in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, I am also persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning thankful, Lord, to be in this place. Lord, thankful for your goodness. I appreciate it. It's a privilege to be here, Lord. And I'm glad, Lord, to be here, and I pray, God, you just give me some unction this morning to preach. I want to help them, Lord. I pray, God, if there's one lost here this morning, never been saved, Lord, I pray this morning, God, to get born again in this place. I pray you'd strengthen and help the church member, Lord. If there's someone out of the will of God, I, I pray they don't live another day like that, Lord. Help us today. We need you supernaturally, God. We can't do nothing without you, and we need your touch, Lord. We thank you, and we praise you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to preach on this thought this morning, reasons to be stirred up. Uh, looking at verse number 6, Paul is writing here to Timothy. This is Paul's final letter, and, 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 and it's amazing the emphasis. I think about how much I can see how much Paul loves Timothy. That uh, he, He's in prison, he's facing the guillotine, he's getting ready to, his life is getting ready to be in for the cause of Christ. He's given himself over, and, and yet he writes to Timothy, and I'm so glad that we serve a God. Can I say something to you? If all that he ever did was save us, and he said, y'all figure out the rest of this thing, well, hey, that would have been something, but I'm glad... Right down to the last moment that the church is here, right down to the last moment he's come, he cares enough to say, let me lead you till you get there. Let me lead you till you take your final breath. Let me lead you to the trumpet sound. I'm glad there's a God that cares down into the, right into the middle of our everyday life. He cares enough to address us and to help us. 
And I look here as Paul is writing to Timothy and, and Paul knows the things that are coming ahead. And, and I believe he, he tells him this verse. I believe he talks to him about being stirred up because of the need that Timothy is going to have to have Paul. Timothy knew how Paul lived. Timothy knew a lot of things about Paul. But Paul did not want to leave him without some help in his last days. And I'm glad in these last days God's not left us helpless. Hey, we're not winging this thing. We're not just trying to figure it out. I'm talking about there's a God in heaven that loves you, cares for you. There's grace for you. There's strength. Hey, there's instruction. There. I'm talking about God wants to help us live for Him until our time comes. And as we look here, He says in verse six, He says, "Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God." And I want to talk about a little bit that this morning. And that word "stir up." It literally means blowing up the coals into a flame. And I started thinking, y'all know I'm so outdoorsy and everything. I've not built very many fires. And I started thinking about this uh, this morning. And I was just thinking about coals. And I was thinking about after you've been tent camping. We've been camping a couple times. And, and I always, I douse, the, let me tell you something. I'm baptized my logs twice when I'm done because I don't want to be the one to catch forest on fire. But I'm telling you what, you can douse them with water, but deep down in there, sometimes you'll still find there's a coal with some heat to it, with a little orange sparkle to it that stayed there. If you've let them go all night, you'll wake up in the morning, it doesn't look like there's much of anything there, but I believe if you begin to dig around, you'll find that there's some coals in here. And, and, and may I say, what, what Paul was trying to tell Timothy, I don't think he was telling Timothy that, that his fire had gone out, but I was thinking he was telling Timothy, listen to him, if you come in this morning and you're just down to coals, well listen, you can get that thing built back up, but if you come here today and there's a flame going, let me say something to you, hey, God has more for you, you can keep working on that thing and, and, and it means literally blowing up the coals into flame and I started looking up how to make a fire out of just coals it's amazing the first thing they said to do is you need to stoke the fire and, and I started looking at that principle and that means to take something and what you do is you, you poke around, you've taken a stick taken a metal pole, taken something but what you do is you poke the, uh, move the wood so that the wood can get some more oxygen down into it. So that coal can get some more air. And I, and I thought about in the days that we're living in, sometimes what we need to do is we need to be stoking ourselves. And we need to be stoking our flames. You say, what do you mean? I mean, the Bible said in Hebrews 4 and 12, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Notice this piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. May I say, hey, we need to stoke our flames by letting the Word of God pierce us down on the inside a little bit. You poke that thing, you move that thing around, that's what the Word of God does down on the inside. It gets down and reaches into the inner man of who we are and, and it pokes us, it pierces us, not for our hurt, but for our health got to stoke that fire. Then I started thinking about this. What else it said? It said, well, you need to blow on the fire. Now, I mean, I looked up. They have that big thing. I think they called a bellow. Looks like, a, almost looks like one of them things you play like this. What's that? I don't know what that's called. Accordion. But it's like you go like this and you blow it. But I mean, if you don't have one of those, uh, you got some lungs. Just open them things up. But it says to get down and blow air 
onto that fire. That oxygen moves. And I started thinking about 2 Timothy chapter number 3, verse number 16 and 17, when Paul wrote this and he said, For all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. You say, well, what are you talking about? Well, that word inspiration means God breathed. What I'm saying is, we need to have the Word of God breathed down into our souls again. I'm telling you, friends, if we're going to have a fire and we're going to keep the fire going and we're going to build the fire up, it's going to happen in a life that's revolved around the Word of God. I'm talking about we need to be stirred up. And, and notice this, I want to tell you something. Here's where I want to get to this point on this is he, he's telling us that, that it means to literally blow up the coals. Now, he's talking about the gift of God, and I'm not going to go through all these things, but here's what in this he's saying. He's saying, listen, hey, stir yourself up so that you use what God's given you to have for the will of God to complete that. You say, well, I don't have this gift. Now, listen, it don't matter what gift God's given you. Let me say something to you. What he's trying to tell us is use what God's given you to do God's will for your life. And we're going to have to be stirred up to do that. We're, we're living in a society that, that's not promoting this, but I want to get ahead of myself, but I want to show you this, this next point here. He said that thou. This we're going to get real calm for a second. You have a responsibility to keep your own fire going. You, you, you say, well, I don't know how to do that. It's time, we got to learn. It's time, like, like, you know, there's certain things that, like, you can't put it off no more. You better be able to learn how to continue to stoke your flames, to keep yourself serving the Lord. Because, listen, we're going to see why in a minute. I'm going to give you some reasons that we see in this, in this book here. But, listen, you better learn how to keep the flames. Stir yourself up. I'm talking about get yourself ready every day to serve the Lord. Now, part of that's going to be coming to this place. Listen, if you miss church here outside, if you're sick and there's times that we miss, well, let me say something to you. If you're missing when you know you can be here, you're not, you're not stoking the flames of your fire. This is, well, you know what we do here? We preach and teach the Word of God. That's the emphasis of this place. I mean, and, 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 and we need to hear the preached and taught word. We need to get that in our minds, get that in our hearts. I'm talking about working and getting this in. But I, I want you to notice there's a responsibility individually. Listen here, hey, you're going to have to do it Monday through Sunday. I mean, it'd be something if me and Tom could walk around with you all the time and just poke you with a stick and say, read your Bible. Read your Bible. We can't do that. You know what? COVID required us. Let me tell you something. People's spiritual lives that maintained the fire through COVID, they was working their flames. There was a lot of reason for us to say, well, we'll just pick it up later on. But the Bible never said let it go down to start with. We had to stoke our own flames. I'm talking about we're going to to get in God's word and get God's word in us. Now listen to me. You say, well, why? Why should we be stirred up? He says this at the beginning because he's getting ready to write to Timothy, Timothy some things. And, and I'm going to give you some reasons why we better be stirred up. Why we better be giving ourselves over to, to the will of God to serve the Lord in these last days. And the first one is found in chapter number 2 in verses 3 and 4. And Paul wrote this and he said, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus. 
Jesus Christ, no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Now he said in there two times he used the term soldier. He once used the term warreth. May I say there's a reason to be stirred up is because the fight that is at hand. Let me tell you something. We're in a fight right now. We're not waiting to get in one. We are in one right now. Over there in Ephesians chapter number 6, Paul wrote this and he says this in verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You know what that means? That means there's somebody looking to put your flame out. We don't live in a society that promotes holiness and godliness. When we go outside of these doors, they're not saying, live for Jesus. They're not applauding you for separating yourselves from ungodliness. They're not encouraging you to deny ungodliness. No, they're wanting you to compromise. They want you to to coexist with things that are ungodly. They'd rather just see you get over and just join the crowd. You know why we better be stirred up? Because there's a battle at hand. We're warring against. He said we wrestle against. Listen to this. If you take the first part of that verse, he says we wrestle against. And then he goes on to tell us what we're wrestling against. It's not flesh and blood, but it's against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. May I say something to you? There is a fight. It's at hand. And listen, there's an enemy out there, a society out there that wants to wreck you. They want to wreck your home. They like to wreck this church. You, we, we better be stirred up. Because we're fighting against an enemy that is. He's stirred up. I mean, the Bible tells us in 1 Peter 5 and 8, he says this. He says, be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. You give the opportunity, he'll look to put your flame out. He'll look to smother that thing. I'm talking about, you guys think about this for a second. Facebook, YouTube, all of these major things, you think about every news network, every news network, think about none of these, none of these whole biblical principles. I mean, I can go to, listen, Fox may be conservative, but they ain't scriptural. Get mad at me if you want to. They're of the world. They ain't, they ain't, we're not talking about a Christian news. We're talking about they're of the world. I'm glad we have a conservative new network. I'm not talking about CNN. But you're not going to go out and find people that's going to push you to say, yeah, go, go witness down there and tell them about Jesus. They're not going to push you to these things. I was, I was thinking about this fight as at hand this morning. We, we, I drove Courtney's car this morning. I got the car seats out of mine, and she had that uh, CD from, uh, oh, I can't think of her name now. Hit me. girl came here and sang, Lauren Talley, for the kids. And, and she had different songs on there, and I, I mean, I just had it turned down. It was kind of low, and I was just thinking I was going up the road, and I was hearing my kids sing the songs that Jesus loved me. And I started thinking about that. I got a reason to be stirred up, Tom. 
My back seat was full of a reason for me to be doing God's will. I'm talking about I got a home, I got children, I want to see go to heaven. I want to, I want to do everything I can to protect. Let me say something. You open the door, the world will come right in and they'll take them. We better be stirred up to do the will of God. 1 Timothy 1 and 18 tells us, Paul writing to Timothy, and he says, This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went on before thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. And what he was telling Timothy is, listen, there was an expectation that he was going to fight a good one. And we say this all the time here, and I say this places, and, and I've had people pull me over to the side and ask me why I said this, and I'll just tell them the same thing. is, Listen, if you want to hear well done, you better done well. Well done has nothing to do with salvation. We say well done to Jesus because he did the job. But well done has to do with our service and how we serve the Lord. And there's an expectation. Can I say something to you? There's an expectation of you and I to serve God. We might as war good warfare. We ought to want to fight. And we're in one. I'm telling you something. Listen, you put your gloves down, you'll take one right in the chin. The devil is looking to tear things. I'm talking about friends. I'm talking about such a fight. You know, we're, we're in a fight here in Dunbar. We're, try, we're trying to tell people, give people the gospel. Trying to knock on doors, trying to leave the gospel on their doors, invite people to church. Do you think that the devil's okay with that? I believe we can do more and I want to grow into more. But I'm talking about, let me say something. He hath blinded the mind. You're here this morning and you're also, let me say something. The devil wants you to go to hell. Well, you're sitting amongst a place where people desire to see you get saved. Desire to see you trust Christ for salvation. We can't save you here at this church, but bless God, we know the one that can. Hey, for Christ died for our sins according to scriptures and that he was buried on the third day, rose again according to scriptures. That is the gospel and you can be saved. Let me say something to you. We're in a fight for the people around us we love. Co-workers, family members, neighbors. This community of Dunbar. This is our Jerusalem. Let me say something. The devil ain't going to give it up without a fight. If we think we can just accidentally serve God, we've messed up. I'm talking about we better be on fire. We better be stirred up. Our flame better be burning. We better, be, we better be moved to do the things of God because there's a fight at hand. I mean, that's a reality. There's a fight at hand. But not only is there a fight at hand, look at chapter number 3. He says in verse 13. I could read this whole chapter, but I'm just going to read verse 13. He says, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Another reason to be stirred up is because the fraud that's abounding. Let me tell you what's growing more and more every day is the lies and deceit. We are living it for the longest time, and I've said this here, and I'll probably say it forever just because when I learned something, it really helped me. But for the longest time, I thought that word peril just pictured the, the physicalness of that day. I mean, it, it, you think about it. We should never have to go to We should not have to have a safety team. 
Y'all didn't get with me on that. Listen, I appreciate our safety team, but listen to me. We should not have to have a safety team at a church. At a church. I'm talking about perilous time. Metal detectors at the front doors of elementary schools. Wondering if your child will even come home safe. That's perilous times. Have to put in procedures and, and, and implement things that, that can prevent uh, masses. I mean, it's ungodly the thing that's going on. Perilous times. The safety of a womb's no more. I mean, I, you think about how much turmoil came out of that decision there for the Supreme Court. People fighting mad. We're in a fight, by the way. You think about that. We're living in days where deceit is, is abounding. But more than just the physical, it's the spiritual. 4,200, and that's probably grown. Organized, uh, talking about, uh, uh, what, what, what's the word when they... I don't know what, there's 4,200 recognized, at least, religions in the world. 4,200. Can you imagine standing at a stop sign and having 4,201 different streets? Think about that. I mean, we don't even talk in my car. When I get to a city, I don't even know where I'm, I mean, even if I, even if the GPS, if I just got a right turn, listen, we don't breathe till we get on it, because I'm nervous. Can you imagine somebody looking for the truth standing in front of a stop sign that has 4,200 different directions, and only one will lead them to heaven? There's just one salvation. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh to the Father but by me. Just one way. But imagine this lost world trying to find the right way. How confusing that would be. There's a preacher that I saw on YouTube, and I saw this video just two minutes, and he he titled the video, he probably got it just so you click on, he said, I'm going to say something controversial. And I'm like, well, I'm going to listen in here. Okay, you got me. And he said, there's just one way to heaven. And I said, that's not controversial. That's the Bible. That's that's it. He thought he was making a a controversial... Let me say something to you. It ain't controversial. God laid it out real clear and plain. There's just one way to heaven. Do you realize that in the days we're living in, people are believing anything and everything? Deceit is abounding. It says shall wax worse and worse. That means it's growing worse and worse. We're living in days, you can find it in verse 5, where we're living in days, here's the danger. All these 4,200 routes have a form of godliness. They all give some sort of appearance. Some of them, I mean, some of them are way off, and some of them, some of them will still have a cross. Some of them will recognize things that's in, in, the, in the Word of God. But you realize that they're all painted in a picture in a way but they deny the power thereof. It's abounding. 
You say, well, I'm saved, preacher. Well, let me say something to you. If you don't stay with truth and stay stirred up, you'll be out of the will of God. We preached that through 2 Peter. Wrong doctrine will get you out of the will. I didn't say it make you lose your salvation, so don't, I didn't say that. But it gets you out of the will of God. Wrong doctrine leads you the wrong way. But you think about the people around us. I mean, just, I've heard this, you've heard this. People, oh, me and God's got some, we're going to work this thing out. Like, like I, I mean, the more that I get, I can't even be sympathetic to that. That's just, that's dumb. He's God. Let me say something to you. You won't say anything unless he allows you to say something. For one thing, he don't need you to say anything. The records will be right there. But people have, you know where people get ideas like that? Not from the Bible. Their beliefs don't come from the Word of God. You see, it matters what the Bible says. There's all kinds of, 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 of things out there in this life where people have even taken the Bible and wrongly divided it. People are, are believing you've got to be baptized to be saved. That's not biblical. Baptism follows salvation. There, there, there's people who think you've got to keep, keep, the Catholics believe you've got to keep the, the uh, what's that thing's called again? All them, all them, all them, there's little things they do all the time. I'm not Catholic, can you tell? I don't need to because I got born again. I don't need to go do that stuff. I'm not keeping my salvation. My name's in the Lamb's Book of Life because what Jesus did at Calvary. He saved me and he kept me. That's in the Bible, by the way. That's a scriptural truth. I got eternal life. Thank God, eternal life. But they do things to try to keep, uh, keep salvation. They work. Sacraments, thank you. There's groups that's going out here in this neighborhood. You realize we're at competition knocking on doors. Let me say something to you. These other false religions is a competition against us, not because they're going out, but they'll leave a bad name for us. They're out here trying to work their way into heaven. When we go out and knock on a door, hang a door, guess what? I'm not doing it to be saved. I'm out there because I am saved. They're trying to get themselves in 144,000. They're trying to, trying to get themselves in all these kind of... I'm talking about, but Christ died for my sins. And listen, because of what Jesus did at Calvary, listen, you don't have to work for salvation. It's a free gift. But we're in days where that's not being preached, where that's not being taught, where that's not being accepted. I mean, I'm talking about... the. That's as plain as can be. You must be born again. But it's not heard enough. It's not preached enough. It's not taught enough. And you say, well, why does this matter? Because these people around us, your family, my family, your co-workers, your schoolmates, this community, are standing at that stop sign trying to figure out which way to go. And friends, we better be stirred up to lead them down the right path. I mean, we better get in the way and say, this, this route... Right here, our lives, our words, and ought to point them to Jesus. That's what he's called us to do. They need us to. I'm talking about it's not going to get better. There's going to be, I, it's more I think it's worth, if we're here another year, Tom, you'll send me a YouTube video of something more outrageous you thought was this year. I mean, sometimes, he'll, sometimes I'll send him things and I say, I say, I, don't even, I can't even say anything. Like, I want to laugh, but it's really sad that this is really being promoted in churches. 
If I told y'all some of the stuff, I mean, y'all would pass out. It is, it is, it's unbelievable. I mean, you think I'd be lying to you. The stuff that's being taught and preached and promoted, deceit's abounding. People's living by their feelings. If you feel this way, go ahead, let me say something to you, Hoss. You better follow truth. Your feelings can deceive you. Try the spirits to see whether they're of God. We're in a day we ought to try everything. I'm talking about, listen, I judge everything. You do too. You, you do too, whether you know it or not. You judge everything by the word of God. That's what we do. But we're in a society, they say judge. No, well, here's what it is. They're uncomfortable when they're doing things wrong. It's against the word of God, and they don't want us to bring it up. Big deal. That's not judgment. We're just saying, listen, what you are doing is wrong. I don't want no part of it. That's me judging the situation. If you want to do that, you go ahead. I'm not going to. I got scriptural command that says deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. We ought to say no sometimes. But we're in days where they are. Listen to me. Presentation has never been probably as great and wonderful as it is now. I mean, it's presented in a way. I mean, it's just you can't deny it. I mean, here we're spitting and slobbering. and I mean, half my words ain't even finished right up here. I know that. I'm doing the best I can with what I got to work with. You pray for me. I'm trying to grow. But I mean, my presentation, I'm nowhere near some of the presentation out there. But let me say something. Ain't nobody got any doctrine that's better than what I'm preaching. But people see a cross and they just think we can just go on with that. Hold on, friends. You better be stirred up. You better be checking things out. Let me say so. Here's some good wisdom. I told them this this week. I'll tell you all what we tell them every time. Let me say so. You ain't critical of me or Tom or, or anybody that teaches or preaches. If you go home and check us out, you're wise. Big difference. Big difference. See whether those things were so. We better be stirred up because deceit's abounding. But lastly, look at this. Chapter 4. Another reason we ought to be stirred up. Verses 6 and 7, Paul writing, he says this. For I'm now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Let me tell you another reason we ought to be stirred up, because there's a finish awaiting. There is a finish line. Now I don't know which way I'll cross it, whether it be by the rapture, whether it be by death, but let me say something to you, there is a finish line to this life. You know why you ought to be stirred up? Because, hey, listen, I'm excited for the rapture, but let me say something to you. Judgment awaits us then for the believer. Not for our salvation, but for our service. And it's going to be a wonderful time, and I, 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 it's going to be a wonderful time to get up and get out of this world, but we are going to get, listen, I'm going to tell 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, verse number 10, Paul writing, and he says this. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. You know why we ought to be stirred up? Because we're going to answer for how we serve God. I think that's a two-way two -way term of that too. He says, for we persuade men, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. You, knowing what we know about 
God and His Word, that ought to move us to persuade men to be saved. But at the same time, knowing the terror of the Lord, we ought to want to see people get saved. I think think it goes both directions, but think about this for a second. Whether it be good and bad, he's going to every man, everyone, that's talking about man, woman, boy, or girl, who's been born again, will stand before Jesus Christ and you will give an account. Now, you can disagree with me if you want to, but I believe you're going to be wrong. I know you're going to say, well, preacher, there's no more tears in heaven. I agree, but you've got to look at where that's written. Whoa, 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 way down here. Way down here. Chapter 21 of the book of Revelation. You read in there in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, I believe, where it says that some things will be precious jewels and some things will be wood, hay, and stubble, but it said some men will suffer loss. You can get upset with it if you want to, but I believe the judgment seat of Christ, there'll be tears there. Some probably of joy, but other tears. How do, you, how do you feel, let me ask you a question. If you had $500 in your wallet right now, and you lost that, how would you feel? Well, obviously, you'd feel pretty bad, I would think. I'm more just say, we say suffer loss. Let's think about you just, everything you work for is loss. You know one of the worst things ever is someone lose their home by fire. I think it's just so devastating. Lose everything, burn up. There'll be some Christian lives that may not have anything left. Still going to heaven, spend eternity with Jesus. It's going to be wonderful. But how they serve God they're going to suffer loss. Think about that. There's a finish line ahead. I mean, and that's why we remind ourselves, and that's why the Scripture puts so much prominence upon the second coming of Christ. It ought to move us. Knowing that He could literally come here in a moment, how would He find you? If you come right now, my house is clean. I could take you more than one room. But that's not always been the case. But how's your Christian walk? Listen, if you're not stirred up, if you're not burning inside, you're not going to go out into a cold, wet world that ain't going to encourage you. People's not standing out on the sidewalk saying, hey, give my neighbor one of these. Hey, we appreciate what you're doing. Every now and then we'll get a door like that. I mean, if you get one door and you hit one all time, and they just say, well, we're thankful you're out here doing it. I mean, it'll help you. But that ain't the norm. They're not on the, they're not, Dunbar's not out on the street saying, go win them, Roxalana. You go to work, listen, at the water cooler, they're not saying, hey, how can I help you serve the Lord today here at work? If they do that, you ought to cherish that. That's not the norm. No, actually, they're just pouring cold water on you, on your walk. Things are difficult. Can I say something to you? There's a finish line awaiting. We better be stoking our fires because we're going to give account to God. Romans chapter number 14 verse 12 says this, so then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Let me tell you why we ought to be stirred up because there's a finish line. And and I want to give you a good example out of Philippians chapter number 3. We can live our lives with the finish line in view. 
Although I don't know when the day nor the hour that it will come for me, Tom. May it be by the trumpet. May it, may it be by the, the way of death. But here's what Paul did. He, he, he started writing. I'm going to start reading to verse number 10. He said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I had already attained, either already perfect, but I follow after that for which that I may apprehend for which also I'm apprehended of Christ Jesus. Paul said, I spend my life trying to get a hold of one that got a hold of me. That's what he's saying right there. I'm trying to grab a hold of him. And he says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. I'm talking about Paul said, I ain't finished yet. I haven't met it all yet. He said, I'm reaching for that. I'm going for that. He said, but this one thing I do, for forgetting those things which are behind me, I say, he wasn't resting on the people that was saved or the churches that were started. He wasn't, hey, going into the finish line sitting down saying listen oh look at what I've done he said no I forget the things that will hinder me but I'm pressing toward the mark he lived his life with the finish line in view knowing we're going to finish and stand before God I mean even saved knowing my salvation is not in question that ought to bring some fear in our hearts, some awe in our hearts. I mean, the one that died for us is going to stand there and judge my race. Paul said, I press toward the mark. You know what that's a picture of? Paul said, I'm running through, stirred up. I think it's, it may be two years. I, I think it's when the Summer Olympics is. I think it's two years. We're getting close. Micah was just a year old, not even a year old when the Olympics happened the last time. And it was so funny to, to watch him. He was just, we could set him in the bed, and he, he loved to watch them. I think it's an amazing event, the things that they do, but... Say what you want to outside of the basketball. The one event I think it matters that people remember anything more in the world is that 100 meter. You know, that one where the fastest people on the planet run for what literally looks like a blink of an eye. And, and do you realize for, for, the, for the few seconds that they run, I mean, I mean, if you run 10 seconds, I figure you got last. That's the, I mean, that's how fast they, they spend their whole lives for this moment. Training, grueling, day in, day out. And, and if you ever watch, I mean, I mean they're, they're weird. Watch them. But this is how serious it is. You, you ever watch, I mean, some, I, listen, some of them shave their heads, shave their legs. They, they have designed some of the best, I'm talking about the best aerodynamic suits, shoes you can think about. I'm talking about millions and millions of dollars going into a suit for someone to run for 10 seconds. I mean, and you watch them, they'll, they'll run for 10 seconds, but for 15 minutes we're listening to them commentate while they're over here setting themselves. I mean, if, every, if there's a rock out of place, they'll move it, you know, they're getting themselves settled in. And I mean, they look, like, I mean, you, they look weird. But you know what they're doing? They're trying to do everything they can to finish the race pressing through the finish line. 
you'll see them get down from that position. But when they get up, they're running. But you'll, and a lot of them run like this, but you'll notice at the end, that last, I mean, just that last few feet, some of them literally, I don't know, wonder how they don't just do a face plant and lose all the skin on their face. But I mean, literally, they dive through, heads down like this. That's called pressing through the finish line. Knowing we could finish this thing at any moment. How are we running? We're on the eve of revival. But how are you running? Are you stirred up? Are you moved to do the will of God? Well, there's three reasons that Paul told Timothy, son, you better be stirred up. We're in a cold world. We're fighting a, we're fighting a devil that hates your guts. Don't act, listen, don't be, the devil don't like you. You say the word hate, absolutely. He hates Jesus Christ. He hates his people. He'll do anything and everything he can to hinder you from doing God's will. You start serving God, listen, he's not going to get out of the way and say, you know what, Tom, you just get at it, son. You're just doing so good, you just go ahead. No, 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 he's going to get in your way. He'll try to trip you, try to knock you down, try to hit you. We're, we're in a battle. Let me say something to you. We're, we're amongst a congregation that's got a lot of young children. The devil's looking for our homes. Mama and Papa's is looking for them grandkids' home. Yeah. He's looking to get this church. There's a battle at hand. And even more, if we're just, if we're just fighting about it, we've got to fight all this fraud. You can't just say, you can't just, well, just turn on the TV and listen to every preacher. It'd be nice if you could, wouldn't it? It'd be nice if every time you turn on the radio, the, uh, the, the TV, if you're on Facebook, and listen, if, you should, if you're well enough to be in church, you ought to not be on Facebook. I don't care if you get mad at me. Because I'm right. But you can't just turn things on. You say, why? Because fraud's abounding everywhere. Marvel not, the devil himself transformed into an angel of light. But he, 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 listen, he presents himself as one that will lead you the right way. We've got to have this book. We've got to be stirred up. But if none of those move you, just think about if you're to stand right now in the current condition you're in, how are you running if the finish line ended right now? Are you pressed in? Are you all go? Given the best you have? I didn't say it may be the best you've ever been, but are you giving the best you have? If the finish line was right now, if the rapture took place right now, how would you go up? It's a good question. I'm not mad at you, but it's a question of examination. How would you go up? Sometimes preachers preach this and you guys think we're being mean, but can I say something? I'm held to everything I just preached. How would I go up? We need to be stirred up. It's critical, it's urgent, it's essential. 
that you and I stir up the gift of God in our lives. That we give everything that we have to serve Him. Let's every head bow this morning. I'm going to ask two questions. I know this wasn't the gospel message, but the gospel went out in this message. Listen, friend, if you're here this morning and you're lost, I ain't going to embarrass you, but I want to help you. If you're here this morning and you'd say, fine, uplift a hand, preacher, I want this church to pray for me. I'm lost. I need to be saved. Would you lift your hand up this morning anywhere? I won't call you out. won't say anything. I just want to pray for you. If you just acknowledge me, nobody's looking around but me, me and the Lord. There'll be one hand anywhere. Now I'm going to ask another question. If you're here this morning, saved and on your way to heaven, would you say, preacher, my fire is not burning the way it ought to be or I need y'all to pray for my fire that I'll be stirred up to do God's will would you lift your hand up this morning all over the place there's hands going up Tom's getting ready to come we're going to get a, Jerry's going to get a verse of song we can all stand listen this altar's open won't you come pray oh won't you come pray as we stand 